Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I'm John Fugel saying welcome to Channel 127. This is Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. Welcome to 127. Thank you, Dino Badala, for the excellent lead-in on your excellent show. That is Bruce Springsteen covering the Commodores. Might be a good week for a new opening theme song. I don't know. It's been six, six months, Chris. It'll be a little while. Chris Houseltz, our executive producer, running this beast from the South Carolina studios. The mighty Thea Harper is producing our show from Brooklyn. I come to you from Manhattan. It is so good to be with you. Hey, thanks to everybody out in L.A. at the uh, Los Angeles Sirius XM studios. We had a great week of returning and doing the show there. Thrilled to be back here in New York. And we have a great show planned for tonight. A lot of great political experts joining us tonight uh, because there's a lot to unpack and a lot of things to make fun of. Dr. Tracy Pearson will be with us in hour number three. Uh, Rachel Carmona, executive director of Women's March, is going to be here because coming up this weekend, Saturday the 24th, on the one-year anniversary of the Supreme Court decision, Dobbs v. Jackson, which overturned Roe v. Wade and ended federal protections for reproductive rights, thousands of people will be joining Women's March, Pro-Choice America, uh, for a march across the country. It's focused in D.C., but this coming weekend will be still the resistance. A full day of action. We'll talk all about it. And uh, I think we're ready to go into it. We have some great guests coming up. Stuart Copeland of the police is going to be joining us later this week, or at least we'll be taping an interview with him later on this week. Hello to everybody who's listening live. Our evil army of the night. We love your calls. Hello to everyone who's listening on demand or uh, on the John Fugelsang podcast. Please subscribe. Hello, everyone listening on the SiriusXM app. You are our daywalkers. Even though you're not listening live, we love to hear from you guys. Send us your emails, your tweets. Let us do a show. <laughs> um, oh, oh, quick reminder before we get anywhere. 504 days until the 2024 presidential election. 250 days until Trump's New York City trial begins. 230 days until the Republican Party's Super Tuesday on February 5th. 188 days until Christmas. 41-ish days until Judge Aileen Cannon wants to begin Trump's trial. Not the New York trial, but the, the trial for the documents, the federal trial. 40 days until the month we learn if Trump's going to be indicted in Georgia and we get a fifth Trump trial of the year. Ten days until Indiana Jones opens and we can all fight over whether it's any good or not. Yes, Judge Aileen Cannon has set a date for Donald Trump's trial in the documents and obstruction case. Late summer could have implications for the campaign. I'm trying to. So we, this year we already had the, the, the Trump organization case where he had to pay one point four million in fines for ripping people off. And then we had the the Eugene Carroll case where he was found uh, liable of sexual assault 
by a jury. Uh, Now, of course, we have the indictment in New York. Uh, We have the federal indictment. And then, of course, Georgia. And who knows? There still could be January 6th indictments. It's still too early to say. But let's talk about the big story of this day. Can we? You know, repealing Roe v. Wade was historically unpopular. Um, So we got to talk about Hunter Biden. The Republican Party has nothing to offer non-millionaires but outrage over immigrants, Muslims, refugees, transgender children. So we got to talk about Hunter Biden. So all the angry conservative non-millionaires will get really mad and vote for the Republican Party, which will then laugh at them as they cut taxes more for the billionaires who ship their jobs to Asia. This is why the GOP is talking about Hunter Biden. Okay, they don't actually care about Hunter Biden. They don't care about the corruption. They don't care about the hypocrisy that they're pretending to care about corruption of a president's kid. They, they, they know it's hypocrisy. They don't care about Hunter Biden. They don't care that they're being hypocritical. They know that their voters won't care because their voters will never put two and two together to understand they're being hypocritical. They know they've got three 24-7 cable channels of full-time propaganda. And they know they have nothing to offer your conservative loved ones but umbrage. So that's why they've been talking about Hunter Biden for a long time. You notice they're not talking about Biden's policies, right? They're not going after the actual nuts and bolts of the administration. They've tried that, but you know what? Supply issues, baby formula, gas prices, inflation, all that stuff's gotten better. So now we're back to this, right? It's going to be Ground Zero Musk, Uranium One, you know the drill. So major news broke today of Hunter Biden entering a plea agreement on two tax crimes and one gun charge. We got to talk about this a bit because um, he agreed to plead guilty for not paying his taxes in 2017 and 2018. He entered into a probation agreement on a charge of illegally owning a gun while being a drug addict. This is according to the court filing by the U.S. attorney in Delaware. Now, the DOJ opened the investigation into Hunter Biden about five years ago under President Donald Trump. They opened an investigation into his presidential rival's son, just like Donald Trump tried to blackmail the president of Ukraine into pretending and lying that he was launching an investigation of Joe Biden and his son five years ago. That's a really long time to investigate and prosecute a tax evasion case for about a million bucks and and a a false statement on a form about being a drug user. Five years. Uh, The plea agreement's likely going to have no jail time for Hunter, pending pending approval from the judge. Merrick Garland left the original Trump-appointed prosecutor on this case and approved a plea deal on charges that for anybody else would have probably meant no criminal charges being brought. They charged that Hunter possessed a Colt Cobra revolver in Delaware in 2018 while, quote, knowing he was an unlawful user of and addicted to a controlled substance. David Weiss. David Weiss is the prosecutor Donald Trump put on the case to take down Joe Biden's son five years ago. Merrick Garland left that man in place. I I want you to think about this when you hear our Republican friends talk about the double standard for the rest of the summer. Okay. Merrick Garland left this guy in place, even though new attorney generals generally ask for the resignation of any U.S. attorneys appointed in the previous administration. Now, the maximum penalty for the gun charge is about 10 years in jail, fine of 250K. And he was charged with a failure to timely file and pay taxes in those two years by his own admission when he was addicted to crack cocaine, which people get addicted to. 
And as you know, we don't really think people should go to jail for being sick. Hunter's going to appear and be arraigned in a federal court in Delaware, and he'll enter his guilty plea, and there'll probably be pictures. The White House released a very simple statement. The president and first lady love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. We will have no further comment. <laughs> now, imagine all the Democrats today saying, this is a witch hunt. You go after Hunter Biden, it's a political witch hunt. Except Democrats aren't going to do that. You know why? Because people who aren't in a cult of hypocritical obedience believe all political figures who break laws should be held accountable. You see any Democrats mad about this today? You see any Democrats unhappy about this today? We are uh, Democrats, liberals, progressives, moderates, 100% down with the Department of Justice investigating the business dealings of all presidential children. But we don't have that. DOJ hasn't investigated Jared Kushner. We'll get to that in a minute. This is five years. Looking into this man's entire life, we have seen pictures of him holding crack pipes. We have seen pictures of him with presumed escorts. We have seen pictures of Hunter Biden's dick. The man has been publicly humiliated. But have you noticed, in the plea deal, there's no charges from the famous laptop that we've heard so much about on Fox News, which probably should be in the Guinness Book of World Records for the worst custody in history. I mean, how many hands has this thing been in? It's been passed around like the pool boy at an Oscar Wilde party. I mean, some evidence might have come from the laptop, but no prosecutor working is going to rely on evidence that's been handled by tons of other people, including Rudy Giuliani. So again, the laptop, nothing there. No one will prosecute. Anybody else who wasn't a president's son would have skated on this, but they're furious that he's paying the fine and pleading guilty. It's not necessarily the end of the investigation either. But for years we've been hearing and for weeks we've been hearing uh, about the two tier justice system. That's been the big rallying cry. You indicted President Trump, but you you won't you won't go after Hunter Biden. It's two tier two tier justice system. Let's talk for a minute about how revoltingly dishonest this is and and, and how it's just rank bullshit. Uh, not to get too clinical in my legal jargon. Um, the double standard we've heard from so many. There's been no evidence that Vice President Biden's actions were ever influenced by his family's business agreements, but they still want to believe somehow Hunter Biden's drug addiction can be used to take down his father. Now, Democrats, you know, they're like, hey, man, these Republicans claiming the DOJ has been weaponized against Biden's political opponents. This is literally going after a president's child. We've never seen a special prosecutor appointed for this reason before, and they couldn't find anything. But Republicans, nah, they're going to call this guilty plea the sweetheart deal. And it shows why we've got to investigate the family even more. Two-tier two justice system is going to be my drinking game word for the next year. And, and again, this is one week after Donald Trump's arraignment in federal court. So the facts don't matter. Kevin McCarthy said, if you're the president's leading political opponent, the DOJ tries to literally put you in jail and give you prison time. If you are the president's son, you get a sweetheart deal. Uh, again, Merrick Garland didn't indict Donald Trump. Uh, a grand jury of Florida residents reviewed the evidence and declared a crime had been committed. We're going to have to say that several thousand times. But James Comer, uh, congressman from Kentucky, the House Oversight Chairman, he put out a statement where he said they're going to go after the Biden family. He wrote, let's be clear, the Department of Justice's charges against the president's President Biden's son, Hunter, reveals... A two-tiered system of justice. Hunter Biden is getting away with a slap on the wrist when growing evidence uncovered by the House Oversight Committee reveals the Bidens engaged in a pattern of corruption, influence peddling, and possibly bribery. Show us the evidence. Come on, Jim. Find your source. Show us the evidence. Hunter Biden 
was pursued by a Donald Trump appointed prosecutor for years. And Joe Biden, the president, never once interfered with this prosecutor. Joe Biden never interfered with the investigation of his son. Donald Trump is trying to run for president to pardon himself. Joe Biden could have fired the special prosecutor on day one. But the best the Republicans could get in five years was tax charges, which never get this level of scrutiny. And again, Comer's a liar because if they had anything real, it would have been used. But they don't actually care about Hunter Biden. You have to keep that in mind. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she was flipping out. Hunter got a plea deal in advance. I mean, plea deals are always made in advance, aren't they? They, They're they're agreements with prosecutors to avoid a trial by pleading guilty for a lighter sentence in advance of a trial. I I know words, shiny things confuse her. Uh, And she also said uh, uh, the Bidens took tens of millions of dollars from foreign countries. We are controlled by communists. I don't I don't want to confuse Lady Blah Blah, but um, if you're taking tens of millions of dollars, you really suck at being a communist. Now, these charges hardly ever result in jail time for first time offenders. I have learned you lie on a gun purchase form. It's very rare as a main charge. Washington posted analysis of hundreds of prosecutions. And again, unlike Hunter Biden. Donald Trump rejected his lawyer's proposal to seek a settlement with the DOJ to avoid the federal charges he now faces. We discussed it last week. His lawyers really wanted to make a deal, but he listened to, you know, club party boy T-shirt model Tom Fitton. To be clear, this this Trump appointed U.S. attorney, David Weiss, who Joe Biden chose not to fire when he could have. That's who investigated Hunter Biden. It's Donald Trump's investigation. Donald Trump's hand-picked U.S. attorney agreed to this plea deal. Joe Biden had nothing to do with it. The Democrats had nothing to do with it. And I'd love to see the Republican congressmen take their complaints to Trump, who hired the attorney, who did this corrupt plea deal with Hunter Biden. And again, they all know it. They all know Hunter Biden didn't do anything wrong. They don't care. They have nothing to offer non-millionaire conservative white people except rage. That's all this is about. Hunter Biden cooperated and pled guilty. And that's why he got a sweetheart deal. Donald Trump lied and gave his finger to law enforcement and obstructed justice. And that's why he's fucked. It's really simple. Anyone tells you it's a sweetheart deal. No, no. Hunter Biden cooperated and pled guilty. Donald Trump fucked around. Now he's finding out. And if you think he had a sweetheart deal, again, take it up with the Trump appointed attorney Joe Biden didn't fire who investigated this drug addict for over five years. You morons. If you can't get the charges you're hoping for, take it up with the guy who hired the prosecutor. And that's it. That's all you get. Years of Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, crime spree, vicious crime. That's all you got. These measly little charges. Roger Stone and his wife settled with the DOJ last year because they had two million in unpaid taxes. There was a civil complaint against them. Hunter Biden was investigated criminally for five years over $30,000 in improper deductions and a late filing on his taxes. Five years, over $30,000. Roger Stone and his wife, they settled their two million unpaid civil case with the DOJ last year. They weren't charged criminally. Hunter Biden was. So Roger Stone and his wife, they didn't even get probation. Hunter Biden committed tax fraud. He pled guilty. He paid the taxes. He bought a gun while he was a drug addict and he lied about his addiction, but the gun was never used. His ex-girlfriend threw it away. Donald Trump stole government documents. Some of them were top secret. He hid them. He lied about it. He obstructed their return. He showed top secret documents to people who didn't have clearance and he put your military 
at risk. It's just a little bit different. Jamie Raskin's on the House Oversight Committee. He came out and said the charges against the son of a sitting president reflect the DOJ's continued institutional independence in following the evidence of actual crimes. So here's the easy part before we take your calls. Here's the really easy part. Every Democrat I meet thinks Hunter Biden should be held accountable for any crimes he may have committed. Every Republican I meet thinks that Donald Trump's above the law. That's it. I don't know any Democrats who are going to the mat for Hunter Biden. Like Democrats didn't go to the mat for Don Lemon because Democrats aren't a cult. (laughs) They couldn't find anything about Burisma. So it's just two tax misdemeanors. And that's good. I'm glad he pled guilty. He pled guilty to federal charges. Everyone agrees in the Democratic Party. No one should be above the law. And Republicans are having a complete meltdown. He lied in his application that he was it wasn't a drug addict. So he's guilty. He's going to avoid jail time. He pled guilty. He's paying a fine. But Joe Biden refused to be ashamed of him. Joe Biden openly loved his son, talked of his son's struggle. Donald Trump couldn't tell you what his son's birthdays are. Biden loved his son, which stressed out a lot of Democrats, and he left Donald Trump's attorney investigating his son in place for more than two years. Joe Biden, for more than two years, left this guy two and a half years to finish investigating his own son. No one should be making excuses for Hunter Biden. He committed the crimes. He's held responsible. Don't blame Joe Biden. Don't blame Trump's attorney. Blame Hunter Biden for what he did. He's a big boy. He's owning up to it. Now, Republicans have said they're going to keep on investigating the Bidens aggressively. All the bribery allegations they know are true, but they haven't been able to find any, any, any evidence for in five years. So after all of this, what do you got? You got a recovering addict and he paid his taxes late and he lied about using drugs to buy a gun. And now he's convicted of tax evasion and he's going to be given a pretrial diversion. We'll talk about that with Dr. Tracy later because he lied on his application for a gun. I mean, can you imagine any other drug addict being prosecuted for these charges if they weren't the child of a famous person? (laughs) And again, Hunter Biden will only avoid prosecution if he stays drug free for a set period of time. He could still fuck up. And I know you Republicans are really hoping for that. Uh, Donald Trump has already said if he's president again, he will appoint a special counsel to go after the Biden family. And a lot of other Republicans are saying they love that idea. So keep this in mind. If a Republican wins the presidency in 2024, even DeSantis, Hunter Biden can be investigated again, but most likely they'll forget it. Like they forgot Benghazi the day Donald Trump was elected because they didn't care about Benghazi. They don't care about abortion. They don't really care about illegal immigration. They don't care about Hunter Biden. Republicans care about their own power and they keep that power by getting their donors to fund them, and by getting white people really pissed off about bullshit. I will say, though, there is one double standard. Hunter Biden used the White House to find lenders for himself. He got 41 trademarks in China. He got $2 billion from the people behind 9-11, and he made $640 million while working in his father's White House. Oh, no, that was actually Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. Think about that. Think about all these outraged Republicans. You look at the Trump and Kushner Saudi relationship. It's so corrupt. It, they took so many billions. They hosted the Live Golf Tournament at Bedminster. They helped cover up a murder of a U.S. resident journalist for $2 billion. <laughs> for the fucking 911 people. There's no corruption you can look at compared to what Trump and Jared did. Hunter Biden's not part of his father's administration. Hunter Biden 
didn't make $640 million working in the government, and he didn't get $2 billion from the Saudis to cover up a murder. No, he's a fuck-up who pled guilty to his three puny misdemeanors. So you want to know what a double standard is? The fact that Joe Biden is not appointing a special prosecutor to investigate Jared Kushner. That's why there's a double standard. Because according to the GOP view of the world, that's the right thing, right? Joe Biden now should quid pro quo the fuck out of this and appoint a prosecutor to investigate Ivanka and Jared. But he won't do it. Because Joe Biden is not a psychotic dick. I have no problem with Hunter Biden being charged, but I got a big problem with Jared Kushner still not being charged. At the end of the day, though, you go, Republicans. It is so adorable to watch your party for one day pretend you care about tax cheats and unregulated gun owners. We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. Mary is calling from Tennessee. Hi, Mary just made my point in your conclusion. Hit me. Go ahead. Yeah, where are the investigations into Donald Trump's kids? Where where is the NRA speaking for for, uh, Hunter Biden's guns? What's going on? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's going on. They don't care. They just don't care. None of them, and none of them care about Hunter Biden. This is what they have to do to get the white people angry and frothing this week. It's angertainment. It's the right. only way they get votes anymore. What are they going to do? Say we're going to help you with health care and education? They can't do it. They don't want right. to do anything for their voters. We're going to make the air and water. We're going to clear up. Yeah, we're going to clear up pollution and make it harder for a, a, a lunatic to shoot up your kid's school. They don't give a shit. This is all they care about. Getting the mouth breathers angry. I'm so tired of the cognitive dissonance. It's just exhausting. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's deliberate. They are deliberately playing dumb about all of this because they know they don't have to play smart for their supporters. You know, uh, and it's, it's hard here in Tennessee, but I don't know. We keep trucking. We keep fighting here in Tennessee. God bless no you. No matter how hard it gets. Yes. That, that, <laughs> I, and that's why I love Tennessee. Mary, thank you so much for calling. Don't be a stranger, okay? Thank you. Brian in Oregon before the break. How are you? Hi, John. I'm What's doing up? good. Um, I see a uh, little swallow update. We got four hatchlings um, that are uh, being fed uh, all day, and then they sleep at night. <laughs> oh, very nice. The swallows. But I've got RFK on my mind, uh, and his... I was listening to... I can't remember which show this weekend, and his anti-vax stuff, he and Joe Rogan got... Death threats going at Peter Hotez, Doctor Peter Hotez, a beautiful sure human being uh, for vaccines to uh, poor countries. Yep, yep. And, and by the uh, way, just so you I, know, Robert Kennedy Jr., who's who's been on this show, and there's a lot of things I like about him. He's vaccinated. His kids are vaccinated for their holiday party last year. All the guests had to be vaccinated and show proof of it. It's it, a racket. Yeah, it's well, it's unbelievable. And I think it, you know. Uh, I was listening about to this, and Hotez was being stalked, and people coming to his house. I mean, Kennedy, his goddamn father was assassinated, and he should have more sense and kind of more morals than going uh, out of his way to, uh, I don't know, to incite people to violence against. Uh, I, I don't. I don't I, think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to say Robert Kennedy's inciting people to violence. You know, well, I, I got to be very uh, nuanced he, he on this. I think, I, it, just, I mean, it's all this. 
the anti-vax stuff. Apparently, they were. I agree. And it's that's threat. Totally. And it's totally irresponsible. And you know what? You know, if you want to really get a good view of this debate, I recommend standing atop the piles of corpses of Republicans in Trump supporting counties who believe this crap and didn't get a vaccination and died at shockingly disproportionately higher rates than people in Biden counties who did get their shots. I mean, we're not losing 3,000 people a day anymore. The vaccine worked. Brian, thank you for your call. You're a gentleman. I have no idea where you listen to this show. We'll be right back with Rachel Carmona and your calls. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. This is SiriusXM. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. If you care about women's reproductive rights, you have to understand that it is great progressive third-party challengers in swing states that helped cost us women's reproductive rights. Rachel O'Leary Carmona knows about this better than me. She has been executive director of Women's March for more than a decade, and she inspires, equips, and mobilizes people to shape the actions and the policies that affect their community. And this Saturday, June 24th, the one-year anniversary of Dobbs v. Jackson, the SCOTUS decision that, you know, killed Roe v. Wade last year, will see thousands of women and men joining Women's March, Pro-Choice America, the National Women's Law Center, so many great organizations to take to the streets of Washington, D.C., and have actions around the nation and the country to build upon the work that activists and resistors have been doing to preserve and expand access to women's reproductive freedoms. It is a great pleasure to welcome Rachel Carmona back to SiriusXM. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Be back again. Good. A little hectic traveling to DC. You know how it is, but here I am in my in my hotel, ready to um, do the next leg and get there in time to meet all these thousands of folks. I'm so excited about it. I'm so thrilled you're doing it. I, it's already a year. We've been doing a number of interviews about how much has changed and what's happened in that year, and I want to talk to you about it a bit. But before we even dive into it, Rachel, tell us a bit 
about this event. What was the genesis of it? I would imagine you've you've had this in mind for quite a while. What should we expect this weekend? And how can folks who can't get to D.C. Uh, uh, take part in their own communities? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, listen, it's an anniversary of a very uh, dark decision um, and a dark day in democracy in general, um, whether whether you, you know, on are one side of the abortion rights fight or the other, or you're a person who's, you know, deeply ambivalent, um, regardless of, of your thoughts on abortion, um, the day that the Supreme Court overrules the will of the people um, in this country is a dark day for democracy and we all lose. So, you know, so it's 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 important. Dobbs um, heralded in a new era of American politics and we all have to, um, you know, really understand what's at stake. And so we're in D.C. this week. We've known that we would be here from you know, the first time that the day the decision came down last year um, and we're going to have marches in all 50 states. Um, we actually have some solidarity marches in Colombia, Argentina. Um, we've got some folks from Panama who are, who are um, going to be doing some solidarity actions as well. So, um, you know, we are not expecting the kind of turnout that a that a big you know, um, kind of rapid response moment might might be. But um, the first thing that we're going to do is consolidate our base and continue to grow it. The second thing that we're going to do is not allow the antis to dance on Rose Grave. Um, right on. And they're going to be on the streets. And so we are going to be out in the streets and we're going to be out in the streets every year until we get our rights back and more. So that's the plan for this weekend. Um, and and also the fight on the way forward. Um, that's what we're going to keep doing. Uh, you might have the most perfect hashtag possible to promote this event. Uh, tell us a bit about the hashtag people should go to on social media to learn more. Yeah, the hashtag is still the resistance. And and that was to do two things. One is that, you know, we want to remind ourselves that when, um, you know, there have been people for decades talking about the importance of resistance and the importance of struggle. And our, I actually just got off a phone uh, about an hour ago with our senior advisor, Bar- advisor, Barbara Smith, who said, who was talking about struggle. Um, and, you know, if people, she's, she will always talk about how people forget that struggle is difficult. <laughs> struggle right. and, and resistance is actually hard. Um, and so, <laughs> it, you know, there's a discipline and staying involved, staying in community with each other when it gets difficult, when the road gets hard. I um, mean, the road is hard. The road is hard right now. So we are still the resistance because we are still the resistance, but we're also a group of, 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 you know, concerned citizens and folks who have made a lot of wins in the last That's six right. years. Um, more than I've ever seen in my career, you know, and I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a lifer, you know, in the movement. Um, and so, you know, working inside of a movement where, you know, in 2017, we had the biggest, um, you know, mobilization of in our nation's history. 2018, we saw women running for office and being elected in office in record numbers, going to the polls in record numbers. 2020, we kicked a, kicked a fascist out of office. 2022, we stopped the red wave. We have a very strong track record of wins we saw since That's 2022, right. the ballot initiatives, everything. And so we're going to take our victory lap and we're going to recognize the organizers who have been responsible for that um, and, and fortify ourselves for the fight to come because there is a fight um, and we're going to give them hell on the way. You know, I, I want to say I relate to anybody who wants to just skip through the struggle to the part where they brag about how they survived a struggle. I understand that. But I mean, you're someone who's been living the struggle and encouraging others to get off their couch and get involved. I mean, after Dobbs, you know, you're right. After Dobbs, some people got angry. Other people got organized and stopped the red wave in last year's midterms. Early this year, 
we, we saw what happened in Wisconsin. Yep. Action and action and on the ground in Madison led to young people turning out at insane numbers mm-hmm. for a Wisconsin Supreme Court election. And now, yeah. of course, <laughs> in, in, in Texas, y'all been making a lot of noise. Uh, there's a lot of people like me who care about Mifepristone, but couldn't pronounce it before this year. Yeah. And suddenly you've raised so much awareness because, as you point out, we, you, you, the struggle doesn't end. And just mm-hmm. because there's more of us and there are of them clearly doesn't mean anything. But mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. How scared do you think they are? Ron DeSantis signed his six-week abortion ban at 11 o'clock at night on a Thursday. (laughs) No cameras allowed. And then he went to New Hampshire the next day and didn't mention it. They are running away from their big generational win on Roe v. Wade because they know it is against the will of the majority of Americans. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I would repeat something that you just said against the will of a majority of Americans, not a majority of Democrats. Their own party is not with them. And that is always a problem spot to be in. So I think that there are a number of ideological and religious extremists inside of the Republican Party who want this um, at any cost, at any cost. And, And they're willing to do whatever they can to get there. And then I think there's the political branch of the GOP who has, um, you know, hitched its wagon to, um, you know, extremists and oh, yeah. um, use that to, to power their base who are actually just, you know, kind of rank and file bureaucrats um, and who who found, um, you know, certainly ideologically aligned. Um, but but, um, you know, there are means to an end. And right. I think that we see these, you know, the difference between the two. I think you see Lindsey Graham, you know, talking about a national ban. And then you see McConnell being like, oh, we don't know her. Um, you know, you see Trump trying to distance himself. And, you know, then, yeah, DeSantis, you know, signing these things in the in the dark of night and then spirited right. himself across state lines. Um, even in 2022, you saw them starting to quietly remove um, language and policy oh. positions from their websites before the election. They know this is a loser. They know That's that right. they are, you know, engaged. DeSantis, try- DeSantis tried to use the six-week ban against Trump and then realized how unpopular it is, and he completely yeah, shut yeah, up. Like, but, oh, Rachel, no. with, our, yeah. with our final couple of minutes, I, I just want to ask you, because you, you, you do this better than anyone I've heard. Can you just briefly explain to our listeners why the fight for reproductive rights and the fight for transgender rights are kind of the same fight at this point. I know people are going to get upset, but I'd like you to explain how you see them linked. And it's, you know, it's okay for folks to get upset because I think that being upset just kind of, um, it, it, it signifies that, you know, there are things that we're not comfortable with. And until we get comfortable with them, we have to just keep talking about them, right? You know, like being upset yes. is actually, you know, we're not we're not here, you know, I tell people all the time, like I'm not, I'm not actually here to make people comfortable that's not my role. There's, there's sitting in discomfort that's required. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, kind of a part of the, the, we must suffer branch. I think yeah, that yeah. we need to lead joy into each other. Um, but I just want to say that it's important for us to, to recognize that what's happening here is not just an attack on women and it's not just an attack on trans people. It's an attack on the coalitions that are most likely to stop a group of extremists from executing a strategy that cannot win on its merits at the ballot box, even in gerrymandered elections. And so who are they coming for? Women, trans people, immigrants, people of color, you know, black people, and all the, the groups who have both the, 
you know, underlying motivation and the, and the, the reason to stop them, but also the organizing capacity to do so. Um, and you've seen, you know, a, a historical, you know, my God, the legacy of ACT UP, the legacy of queer That's organizing right. in the country, the legacy of black organizers, the legacy of, you know, brown organizers, the legacy of worker rights movements, women. Of course, they want us sidelined and of course they want us divided. And, you know, for Women's March, we're very aware of this. We There have been a number of articles that talk about the ways in which Russian trolls have amplified divisive messages inside of our base. And right now, I'm I'm very convinced that that's something that's going on between um, gender justice groups and trans groups. And at the end of that's the day, right. what we're talking about here is bodily autonomy. And that's if we it. do not have bodily autonomy, which is one of the spears of their attack, then what you know, in, in what way can democracy function if the exactly. unit of change and the unit of democracy, which is a person, um, no longer has you know, agency and autonomy over ourselves. And so in that way, our struggle is connected. And there may be places at which we can disagree, but it can't be at the level of humanity. We have to build Amen. a movement that expands humanity and doesn't contract it. And so to, to you know, folks, I say unapologetically, trans women are women, and we are all in the same struggle and in the same fight. Grateful Kamona, thank you for all you do to fight for body autonomy against right-wingers who want to control it. Where should people go to learn more about Still the Resistance Women's March on the 24th this Saturday? Always at womensmarch.com, um, and you can find information there about both this weekend and also, um, you know, in the work to come. There's calendars Brilliant. and events like there all the time. Thank you for all you do, Rachel. It's a pleasure seeing you. Please come back anytime. we got to hit a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. This is SiriusXM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm so thrilled that we got to have Dr. Tracy Pearson with us in studio for the first time last week during the show from L.A. She joins us every Tuesday night. She is a brilliant legal analyst and consultant you've seen on TV and radio and Forbes and New York Post and Cheddar News and News Nation. Dr. Tracy, it's such a pleasure. Welcome back to SiriusXM. It is great to be with you again. I I had oodles of fun in Los Angeles and now we're back to the remote thing because you had to go back to New York City. 
Yeah, I'm sorry about that. But yeah, we we did. Um, I, I have a child. He's graduating elementary school this week. And apparently, you know, peer pressure. I have to be there because everyone else is doing it. I would much rather be out in L.A., uh, you know, <laughs> continuing my 475 part episode uh, series on the dispensaries of the region. But um, instead, we're we're here. And I, I want to just begin by asking you about this, uh, because we wanted to talk about it all night. The search is still going on for the and it's a terrible story. I, I, this five person submersible that vanished uh, Sunday morning while bringing some very powerful, wealthy tourists to the Titanic wreckage at the bottom of the Atlantic. Now, this is Ocean Gate Expeditions. They reportedly got lost last year during a similar dive. We've already heard that uh, there have been whistleblowers who quit the company. Um, Stockton Rush, the CEO of Ocean Gate, is on the submersible. Uh, Hamish Harding, the British billionaire who has three Guinness World Records and just went into space with Jeff Bezos two years ago. Uh, a father and son duo, um, uh, Shazada and Suleiman Dawood, who are one of Pakistan's most wealthy families. And Paul-Henri Nargolet, who's a former French Navy officer and a Titanic expert. They've been missing. They only have about 30 hours of oxygen left in their submersible. And it's not possible to exit it without help but they were going 13,000 feet below sea level two miles they were going Mount Everest deep into the dark and right now American and Canadian planes are just swarming this 900 mile area looking for any signs of life it's 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 terribly sad but to me Tracy I, I just find it amazing these these people all signed a waiver that mentioned potential death multiple times while they paid a quarter of a million dollars per seat. And I guess it's just incredible to me that the Titanic is so tragic. It's still taking lives 109 years later. It is. And one of the things that came out of the Titanic sinking was a an effort to increase safety uh, yeah. in, in um transversing the waterways and making sure there were enough lifeboats. And if, if we are unable to, to locate and rescue these, um, these individuals that, that again, took, took their lives into their own hands by getting onto that, that submersible um, yeah. and going, going where, frankly, I don't think we should be going. Uh, um, I think that, that, there's there's room here to make some improvements because one of the sh most shocking facts to me was that they lost contact with this submersible vehicle about an an hour and 45 minutes into That's the right. descent and they right. waited until it was expected to return before they notified anybody That's and right. that just sounds absolutely freaking insane the the descent again it's it's 12,500 feet to get down the titanic so it's, it, you know, you're going two and a half miles, roughly, and the descent takes two hours to reach because you go down very slowly in this submersible. I was saying earlier, a few years ago, we did a special um, in Bermuda uh, about deep sea issues, and I, I we did a stunt. We did the, the deepest radio show in broadcast history from, uh, you know, below the Bermuda Triangle. We broadcast a, an hour-long live special, and, like, Lewis Black was on it, and... David Crosby and Mark Hamill. It was a lot of fun, but my pilot in the two-man submersible was someone who had been to the Titanic many times, filming it for James Cameron for his documentary, The Ghosts of the Deep, about about the wreckage. So, I mean, it's it's deeply scary. They had a 96-hour oxygen supply when they went to sea 
at 6 a.m. Sunday morning. So conceivably that will last until Thursday morning. But nobody knows if this thing is still underwater. No one knows if it's surfaced somehow. I mean, they've completely lost track of it. And if it took, what, uh, uh, 70 years to find the Titanic? This is a tiny little pod. I mean, it's just a very, very grim, tragic story. It is grim and it's tragic. And it's it's we know the coordinates of the Titanic. We know where the ship was last located uh, above water, the one that 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 is uh, the mothership, what they call the mothership. Um so so we're better off in, in locating them. Yes, um, it's possible they could be hanging in a fisherman's net somewhere down there. Um, it is it is I just again, I go back to this idea that, look, if I'm ever missing underwater and nobody has, you know, they lose contact with me for, you know, and before they're supposed to, I hope somebody makes a call and tries to get help before then. Thank One you. of the things about that, that oxygen level, though, is I question whether that takes into account stress and how fast you respirate. Right. You're right. I really I, I've asked some folks on, on the Twitter sphere and I haven't gotten an answer back yet. I don't think they know. Um, but I, 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 I'd be hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really scary. And to say nothing of the fact that they probably didn't have a four day supply of food and water with them when they went down there. I want to play a really quick clip. This is a spokesperson from the Pentagon, Sabrina Singh. She was briefing reporters earlier on the Department of Defense assistance in trying to find this missing submersible somewhere in the North Atlantic. DoD is assisting in search operations. Um, as of yesterday, there were two C-130s that conducted search and rescue flights and conducted a search flight over the area. Um, by later today, an Air National Guard C-130 will also join the search and conduct a search flight over the area. Um, so by the end of today, we would have committed three C-130s to conducting search and rescue flights. Um, in addition to that, the Navy has been in touch with the Coast Guard and um, is working to provide personnel, such as subject matter experts, and um, assets as quickly as possible. But I don't have anything further to read out as the Navy and Coast Guard continue to remain in touch on this issue. There was a CBS reporter who went on this very submersible that's missing right now. And he said, you know, if all seven methods they have of coming to the surface aren't working, then what's going on? Something really went wrong. And, you know, I kind of feel like it's not an accident. It just seems like Someone didn't do their job. And that's why this happened. Well, and the reporter that went on last year had a similar issue where they lost communication. And my understanding was that he didn't report on it when when it happened. Um, mm. And so you were seeing a calamity of of, of judgment here where it, there was a, a an employee who, who knew about safety issues and that person apparently was was let go and as as and and asserted a whistleblower claim then what we have is a reporter that may have had some information back in back when when they had the experience and right. and allegedly didn't report on it and now we have this situation and how many times does something have to happen before somebody does something <sighs> Well, can we let's lighten things up and talk about the legal world, Counselor, um, because <laughs> yes. uh, Judge Aileen Cannon really succeeded in doing something I didn't think possible. She surprised me today, uh, setting a preliminary date of August 14th for Donald Trump's first day in court over these felony charges of the classified information and obstruction of justice. Uh, it's 
called a rocket docket. And apparently she's heard the criticism uh, of her uh, special master antics a year ago. I want to ask a couple questions about it, uh, Dr. Tracy. Number one, I mean, it just seems like that's a placeholder date, right? Most likely that will not be the real date in the middle of the Iowa State Fair, 10 days before the first Republican convention. Most likely it won't really start on that date, will it? I don't care about the Iowa State Convention uh, I, or I don't care about any of that. Um, I I think that a judge sets a date based on calendar availability. Um, they can't set the date unless it's available to them uh, in mm. the c- computer system. Um, everything within the, the court system is very much uh, controlled by by a computer docket. She isn't making the date up. It's there. It's available. And she's she's docketed it for for that date and going on for two weeks thereafter. Um, I I don't mean to sit here gloating, but I am. You can see me. I'm gloating. Please. No, you um, you predicted this. Go ahead. I predicted this. I predicted this. I um I think that that she knows what she's doing. I think that uh, the case that came in uh, that everybody's criticized was it was criticized because it was some wonky wacko thing that was made up. It's not normal. Um, And it is, you know, you don't go into court asking for your stuff back. And, and asking for a special master to, to, to look at classified documents. And I think that it's very possible that this judge sat there and went, you know what, this is wonky weird. I don't, I've never seen this before. I'm just going to start making decisions. I'm going to make them in, you know, with the least damage possible to some degree and, and let the 11th circuit sort it out. That wouldn't be an unusual tactic for a judge to use, which is I'm just going to do what I can do here. And let's see what the 11th circuit does. 11th circuit came back and said, mm, 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 no. And she That's said, right. okay, no problem. And they implemented down their hard. order. That's right. That's right. But I mean, what you're saying is that it wasn't so much them smacking her down. You're saying that she just gave Trump what he wanted because she knew what the outcome would be. She potentially knew what the outcome could be. Uh, would be she she is a Department of Justice employee times two. She right. she worked as a uh, paralegal for the Department of Justice between her attendance at Duke uh, uh, University and then prior to her attendance uh, at Michigan University of Michigan Law School. Um, so and then she returned after um, working for she clerked and then she went to um, Gibson Dunn and then she returned to the Department of Justice where she was a prosecutor in the major crimes unit. And then she worked for the sentencing and appeals unit. Um, mm. And so she 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 liked the Department of Justice so much she returned for a second uh, to her duty. And um, I, I think that this is someone who values the rule of law. I, I hope you're right about this. I hope that it's not all just to impress the Federalist Society. I mean, she has only tried four cases so far. I believe she has spent a total of 14 days in a courtroom as a judge. I, I guess it's just this is only 55 days from now, Tracy, August 14th. I mean, it's going to be undoubtedly the most historic criminal trial in American history. I mean, this is bigger than OJ. And and. Just 55 days away, if there's one thing we know about Donald Trump, we know he is very good at delaying these things. And we know he wants to delay this until after the election of next year, if possible. He does. But here's the problem with that. Um, By setting a date, uh, if she were to continue that, I believe that he would be required to waive his right to a speedy trial. That's a bad idea for defendants because that is a technical appealable issue that is something that they can challenge should there be a guilty verdict. 
Um, if you waive that right, which would be mandatory if you requested the appeal as the defendant, um, then you lose that opportunity at the uh, appeal level. And that's something that you really think hard about. Um, when it comes to uh, trying the case, I of, am of a different mind than a lot of folks out there that are talking about this. And keep in mind, for every lawyer is there is, there's a different opinion. So um, my feeling about this is that, first of all, Trump knows what we have because or what they have, the government has, because the uh, they took it from him. Um, right. Secondly, he uh, the issue here is possession. It's not content. So this is not a whistleblower case where the mm. content of the document matters. I think it's possible that you could redact that document, but for the classified marking and the agency that it came from, which would establish why this was in the national defense. So if it said the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, we know that it's a nuclear document. We don't need to know the contents of that. And we know that it was in his possession because it was on the inventory in, in uh, the, the, seizure, right. uh, the seizure inventory. Um, right. The things that they can give to him, his text, the text messages, that, uh, the photographs, um, the subpoena, which he already has, the communications with it, which his lawyers already have sent to him requesting that he return it get all the videos because he appeared in them um but again you notice trump trump keeps trump keeps saying like golf memorabilia and letters who cares and the indictment says war plans you know donald trump is already pushing an alternate narrative to a fox news audience that's not going to hear other facts and the different and we don't care about the fox news audience what we care about are the the 12 folks that are sitting in the jury box Um, There's a difference between politics and law. And the problem with Donald Trump is that he's been living in this weird political realm where he thinks that the more he talks, the better it is for him. Law, however, is is a place where rules apply and where um, (laughs) where it is not it is not revolutionary. It's reformist law changes incrementally like little tiny slugs crawling along politics is something where you see revolutions happen immediately like we saw mm-hmm. with with this donald trump phase that we're in um mm-hmm. and how that turns so quickly uh, into something crazy um the minute he 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 started running and it became these norms changed that's not how law works there are rules they will be followed um there is a process the judge's order is detailed it lays out dates for everything um, including the fact that she is authorized limited voir dire. Voir dire that's meaning right. that you question the jury. There's going to be limited voir dire, how much you can ask. Ten questions, I think, of the jury that you can propose. Um, so I think that that he is in for a, a rude awakening. And um, I personally love seeing process play out the way it's supposed to. And yeah. it is because this is what I predicted. So I just have a dumb question then. I mean, there's two, you said there's two new sealed docket numbers that were filed in D.C. These could be new indictments against Trump or others, right? There's another sealed docket number filed in South Florida. What should yes. we know to understand about sealed docket numbers? And that probably doesn't pertain to like other DOJ investigations about, say, January 6th, right? Well, it could be. Um, a, a, a grand jury indictment is sealed until the court releases it um and as we saw with with the one in in south florida um 
Jack Smith, I think that the the Department of Justice asked that 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 indictment be released before the day of of the arraignment and first appearance. So it was and we got it. We didn't anticipate seeing anything until the day of that arraignment and first appearance. Mm. So um, the little birds are telling me that there are two uh, sealed docket numbers that popped up today. It's no coincidence that in a um, uh, motion that was filed by Jack Smith um, requesting that uh, Donald Trump not be given a copy of discovery and that he only review discovery in his basically um, supervision of his attorneys, that uh, that that Jack Smith mentions investigations um, as the reason for that. And so we also know that there's a sealed docket number down in South Florida that doesn't follow too long after um, that June 14th date where that motion got filed. So yes. I think that it's very possible that we're going to see uh, a um, a tumble of, of uh, indictments come out, although I can't I can't guarantee it. But I think it's it's looking likely. I want to go to the phones. We're at 866-997-4748. I want to get a couple people to weigh in, and it's okay if it's not on this topic. Um, let's go first to Bill in New Jersey, who's been on hold the longest. Bill, welcome. You're on SiriusXM with Dr. Tracy Pearson and me. Bill. Good evening. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, yes. Angertainment, yes. uh, was that yours? I think a lot of people say that? that. I think a lot of people oh. say that expression, but yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. I'm more umbragetainment, anyway. but it's not as popular a word. Oh, uh, I wanted to uh, uh, exchange that for uh, the ex-president who mistook his rape victim for his wife. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's that's that, it's not easy to pull off an Oliver Sacks, Eugene Carroll joke about rape. And I think you just uh-huh. did it. And I don't know how I feel about any of us anymore. But yes. Yeah, that, that's true. Donald I Trump. Agree. Looked at the picture of uh-huh. Eugene Carroll and mm-hmm. thought it was Marla, and mm-hmm. he did it on tape because he's uh-huh. that stupid. Yes, yes. I was going to say that, uh, and a question that I bothered John a lot over the past is: if Melania finally divorces Trump, can she become a witness against him? Good question. Not if, not if the communications occurred during the um, during the the course of the marital relationship. So anything uh-huh. what if she wanted what if she wanted marriage, to? what if, what if she wanted to? Could Trump's lawyers uh, compel her to silence? Uh, yeah, marital privilege tends to stick unless okay. the, the conduct is against um, the, the spouse. Mm-hmm. spouse. So if Donald Trump, or, or she, her, if Donald Trump like physically abused her right. as Ivana Trump alleged uh-huh. in court under oath, he had abused her, then she'd do right. it. But let's be honest, like Ivana, like right. Ivana. Um, mm-hmm. that's never going to happen because these women are the Camille Cosby's of business. Right. Uh, I well, think Melania is going to get well, paid. Melania is going to keep her mouth shut, uh, hate this man passionately, uh, get paid and giggle the day of his funeral. I want that. Yeah, I want well, a copy of the prenup. Yeah, me too. Right. Well, uh, she may be I want to see who she brings as a date to the funeral. Cause you know, she's bringing a date. You know, she's bringing a date to the funeral. <laughs> that's funny. Right, right, right. Oh, and what I was going to say about um, these guys who call in who are out of their minds, you know, whatever their names are. Uh, this, show? this show? This which, show? Which people are out of their minds? Oh, we have some lovely racists who call this show. We have some have word to, racists who have empty lives. Go ahead. Well, you have, yeah, to, okay. uh, you have to tell them you would be out of a job if you didn't tell the truth. That <laughs> comedians who lie don't do very well. 
that's why there aren't too many uh, right-wing comedians that are making money. Well, uh, they, no, I no, thought no, no, all no, right-wingers were comedians. They're all hilarious. No, no, no. I want to get this right. There are there are right-wing comedians, and there are some great comedians who happen to be right-wing, mm-hmm. but most of them don't do right-wing material. That's you what you got to remember. There's, there's great conservative comics. Most, I mean, if a handful of them do right-wing material, yeah, but, but, but most of them humor, don't. Humor does not work unless there's a grain of truth to the joke. I agree. And, and uh, um, that's why, you know, the whole jester story and everything that, you know, that why the jester yeah. was the most important person in the kingdom. Well, the jester was the only person who could criticize the king because he could make it funny. Right. And uh, truth is often funny. But um, anyway, too often uh, funny, but but I I will. I'll give you my favorite quote of all time. Billy Wilder. If you're going to tell people the truth, make it funny or they'll kill you. (laughs) There you go. Um, Do you think after this crazy Congress, this one is done, they're going to do investigation of this last Congress like they've been investigating? When have they ever done that? No, never. It's like criticizing themselves. That would be awful. Look, I, my whole thing about indicting Trump is great. Now we have precedent to go after Bush and Cheney. I mean, I'm still on that. I'm sorry. That's where I'm at. I'm like, OK, the Hague. Are you ready? Because uh, we can do this now. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, Jack's going to be right. tired, man. He's going to be uh, like at Disney World or something. Or Disneyland. Someone else. The, I'm saying that's why the Hague should bring him up on war crimes. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, reading the stuff. uh you know, about uh, the AG made me uh, nauseous, you know, because it's what I thought all along that nothing was going on. And, uh, you know, he was supposed to be a judge, not, you know, not an AG. What are we talking and, about here? What are we talking about? Are we talking about, Merrick, about Merrick Garland? We talking about Merrick Garland? Are, Merrick Garland? Are we talking about the... Yeah. Well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. There's two things. We don't know what Merrick Garland's doing, but the FBI admitted... That they were dragging their feet. Merrick Garland doesn't oversee the FBI, but the FBI admitted that it was the January 6th hearings that shamed them into action. As far as the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland does not reveal anything, but the Jack Smith indictment has really led me to believe that Merrick Garland has been more on the case than some of our liberal friends gave him credit for. Absolutely. I give him him credit for finding a rock star and uh, that guy should be A.G. Um, everybody wants to blame Merrick Garland and it's not his fault he did his job and and people forget that there's a director of the FBI director Ray who Trump appointed yeah that's right and the right-wingers hate Christopher Ray because he criticized Trump and that's why you see it that's why you see the FBI is so afraid of political blowback they're so afraid of being accused of being among the protesters on January 6th or whatever that they dragged their feet and didn't investigate deliberately because there is a double standard and Donald Trump gets to walk between the raindrops because he knows how to intimidate people and institutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in the sixties and stuff and I thought we had evolved. And, uh, <laughs> like have. I said, we were just starting to rock the, uh, uh, four day work week when Reagan came along and, uh, that's when things went downhill. No, we never yeah. got to the four-day work week yet. That'll happen in our life. We'll get that before Universal that Basic. Happened to my life. Trust me. You had a four-day work week in the seventies, sir. What are you talking about? What commune were you were living dark on? Dark period, man. I can't imagine that. Well, we did where I worked, and the big the big deal was who would get the four-day weekends. We had to divide that up. But okay. no, we were efficient enough. Are, are these are these coworkers in the room with you right now, Bill? Are they there now? 
<laughs> can you can you point um, to them? Not the ones in Chicago. But All I, good. I, I could think about. I, I'm well, 69. I don't know if they're alive. But, no worries. Uh, I got to run, man. But I thank you for the call. I, I do appreciate it. Let me go to Trucker Steve because anytime I can get Trucker Steve to call in, it's a special occasion. Steve, you're on oh, with Doctor Tracy Pearson. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I have a couple things. Okay. There's a couple things Trump has going for him. It is Miami. There will be four Republicans on the jury at least. Well, we'll see, won't we? I mean, there presumably you're right. There will be Republicans on the jury, but every member of that jury will be someone that both sides have said yes to. It to to, oh, a, to a degree. To a degree. Okay. To a degree, there's going to be a bunch of, of challenges that, that have no cause, and then there are challenges for cause. But I want you to remember, Steve, Donald Trump wasn't indicted by Democrats. He was indicted by 30-some Florida citizens who viewed all the evidence and said this man should be indicted. And presumably, some of them were Republicans, too. No, I'm just saying some uh, some trips here. And one big trip, the... Uh Lawyer-client privilege with one of the witnesses is... Uh, that's a good point. Is, is Evan Corcoran. Tracy, that's that a good point. Up, that could end up being the Bill Cosby. It, it, is, it is one of... Yeah, and that's a good point as well, because Bill Cosby confessed to everything in court, and they used that to convict him, but they shouldn't have used the case for the transcript from one trial to convict him, and that's how he got out of jail. I mean, Trump lied to that's, his lawyer, oh. and Evan Corcoran... I know, no, but I'm just saying, he lied to his own lawyer, Evan Corcoran, then had to give testimony to Jack Smith against his client, and that seems to be the linchpin of Trump's defense, Tracy. It's delaying everything and then throwing out Evan Corcoran's testimony, saying that it violated nope. attorney-client privilege. Go ahead and explain why. Nope, here's why. Number one... Uh, the case, uh, it, it, there, it was presented to a judge in the district, in a federal district court, and Trump decided to appeal. When he appealed, that went up to to a circuit court, and it was uh, affirmed. So the decision to hand that that evidence over to the grand jury was affirmed. That makes it the law of the case because it is the same defendant, the same prosecution, the same facts, the same witness, the same evidence that would be mm. binding on a a southern district court and uh or the the florida southern district court judge in the district court even if it isn't go ahead and appeal it's going to go up to the 11th circuit and it's going to come right back down immediately because no You're reasonable right. judge would find any differently go ahead steve well uh bill cosby uh assumed the uh he appealed going to uh trial for the same thing and he won on appeal so not the same thing uh, completely different well the same well as i said i think it was the same process uh, it was a different issue it was a different issue he he agreed to a plea in a and then as a result of of rather i'm sorry he agreed to do a deposition if he wasn't going to be charged a state prosecutor made that agreement he did the deposition and a different prosecutor came in and charged him um, right. by by pursuing a grand jury um, uh, indictment. And as a result of that, um, the court in, in the appeals case said that can't stand because a defendant has to have the ability to rely on the representations of a prosecutor if they're going to make these deals. Otherwise, right. the entire system collapses. So these two things are completely different. Yeah. 
Well, I could say the same thing about uh, lawyer-client privilege. It's uh, fundamental to the legal system, and uh, except when you use it to commit a crime. But 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 if you but 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 if you commit a crime, it's not anymore, right? Just like as we said in the last call, if he sm- if he punched Melania in the face and physically abused her, she could testify against him. And if you lie to your lawyer and tell him where the boxes are, but send your butler down to move certain documents because you know your lawyer is going to check on the boxes, and because you're stupid, all of this is on surveillance cameras? Bro, lawyer. you fucked up. Show me a lawyer. Show me a lawyer that has a client fly to Doesn't I, matter. I, I, he got caught on tape doing it. Jack he, Smith. He, used, he gave. He I'm used, sorry, Tracy, but the, the, yeah. Evan Corcoran gave him 50 pages of notes to Donald Trump saying it's not legal to have this shit. And now. Uh, and Trump ignored it. So Trump knew it wasn't legal to have this stuff. And now those 50 pages of notes are in the hands of Jack Smith. Tracy? And recordings and, and notes and, and statements. And, and the reason for that is because Trump used those services. And it is the uh, the affidavit that gets signed saying to the Department of Justice, oh, yeah, no, we handed over everything that we said said uh, that, that that we had. And so he uses the lawyer's legal services to commit a crime. And when you do that, that's the crime fraud exception. Right on. Well, Steve, well, we got to well, hit a break, but all right, we'll see. I thank you for the call, Steve. Thank I Good questions. I appreciate it. Tracy, can you stay with us? Uh, he is I can. very much. He's, 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 he's a burned waffle. He's done like disco, but again, let's keep him out there long enough to let this old man be reelected because <laughs> the old man can beat him. All right. 866-997-4748. This is progress. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. How much do I love that Ron DeSantis made a campaign video in San Francisco, a city that has a lower crime rate than Jacksonville, Talking about all the riffraff running around, this guy literally had Nazis with swastikas demonstrating for him at Disney World last month. This is Progress. Dr. Tracy Pearson, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your many doings? You can find me on all the social media at Tracy Explains, and I have a Substack, Dr. Tracy Explains. And it's great. I subscribe. Hey, we only have like a minute, but Dylan, New Mexico, the minute's yours. You're on. All right. All right. Well, um, not that much time, but I know last week you were paying some respect to some Southside Rod 3-6 Mafia. I want to say RIP to to Big Pokey. He's a screw. He's from Houston. Um, He was in the DJ screw uh, 
he just passed away on stage. Uh, I didn't on even know. Night. On stage? Oh, my God. Rest yeah. in power. Mm. Wow. Yeah, rest in power, uh, 46, 47, and um, he's definitely, uh, you know, part of the South Side gangster rap for sure. And yeah, a lot of We were playing a lot of some 3 6 Mafia last week for the anniversary of their fourth album. That's why. Okay, thank you for telling me that. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Yeah, so uh, I I think that they're they're really milking this Trump Trump shit like dry. This guy has been given the you know the ca- the cable. He's just been eating the cable, and I, I sort of like it because, like you said, Biden can easily beat him, and it's just drawing out. It's just like it's it's more painful a death if it's long drawn out death rather than just him just getting locked away and we were already forgot about him right now. So I just want them to keep on drawing it out. And I want I, I don't want long drawn out death or pain for anyone. I just want justice and accountability. Tracy, I'll give you the last word. Absolutely. I want process and I want him to get all the process he's due. Yes, he's due a lot of process. I'll tell you. He's already had a lot of processing, a lot of process done, by the way, if you've seen that hair and skin. But uh, yeah, Dylan, thank you so much for calling, man. I really appreciate it. Have a great, great evening. Tracy, in our final seconds, we didn't even talk about Hunter Biden. We had too much to do. But but any thoughts in our final moments? It was a normal, acceptable uh, agreement between the DOJ and Hunter Biden. You don't think he was treated with extra scrutiny because his father's the president? I mean, this was this was Donald Trump weaponize the DOJ to appoint this prosecutor just to go after Joe Biden's kid. I'm focused on the outcome. I The decision to prosecute was their decision, but they agreed to a diversion agreement. And I think that it was a normal part of the process based on um, some statutory law that exists that allows it to happen. I can't fight you on that because this entire show is a diversion agreement. Thank you, Dr. Tracy Pearson, for being with us. Thank you as well to uh, Rachel Carmona. And of course, thank you to Chris Hauselt and Thea Harper. I am so lucky to work with two great grown-ups like them. We'll be back tomorrow on SiriusXM Progress. Keep it tuned here all day. I'm John saying Peace.